Hey everybody, this is Flurries and Film, and this week we're talking about The Labyrinth. Hit the music! I'm Colleen Flaherty. This is Flaherty's on Films. It's a little podcast we have where we talk about the seminal films of our time. Michael, what are we talking about this week and what is it about? The film of this week's episode is called The Labyrinth, and I will describe this movie right now. 16-year-old Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother Toby when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the goblin king Jareth. Can we talk about that his name is Jareth? We're, yeah. Let's put it back. How do you feel about it? Okay. That's Just a nerdy a fucking name. Teaser, <laughs> teaser for, stick around, because we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Have you seen this film uh, before? I've seen this film a lot before. A lot? How many times? I have no idea. I remember there was a time when I was 12 or 13 where I watched it a lot. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I was, I was going to say past tense, but that would be incorrect. I am a big fan of the Muppets. Sure. Anything Muppet related. Jim Henson. Um, I don't know. And uh, we'll talk more about why I think this film really resonated with me, but I, I don't know if I had seen this movie for the first time as an adult, if I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. You can't just call things Muppets if it's Jim Henson, right? Like the Muppets are specifically the Muppets. Sesame Street characters are not Muppets. Dark Crystal characters are not Muppets. Is that right? I thought they were Muppets. Hmm. Like I thought that the Muppet was like the big umbrella. If, you, so if Jim Henson made a Ses- puppet, that is a Muppet no matter what. That's what I thought. So Yoda is a Muppet. Maybe it's like how you call tissues Kleenex and it's like... Well, that's what I'm saying. It's so like it's not really... Technically- so it's technically incorrect, but like it's fine and people understand what you're saying. It's colloquially a Muppet, <laughs> but it's not officially a Muppet. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yes, uh, yes or no. I feel like it is Muppets of the or it is puppets of the Muppet variety. And I enjoy that because mm-hmm. they're silly fair? and they're lighthearted and they have funny voices. Yes, I like But you don't like this film now. No, I didn't say that. I said if I hadn't seen it before and had no nostalgic feelings, I don't know how I would have felt about it. So you like it? I like it. Um, sorry. Shall we go to our first segment? Yeah. I. Do you want to ask me how I feel about it? <laughs> That's what I was doing. Were you? Oh, how do you feel about the <laughs> film? I already. F- I'm so sorry. This is going to be a train wreck. Yeah, this is good. Uh, did like it. Let's go to our first segment. We call What the Hell? Time for Michelle. The part of the show where Michelle comes on and tells us some super cool facts about this film. Michelle, take it away. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, um, I just did some very quick Googling. Yoda is not a Muppet. Okay. Okay. So not Yoda. Everything. Not everything. So Yoda originated as a Star Wars character first, which means not a Muppet. If it's a brainchild of Jim Henson and his crew, Muppet. But I thought Yoda Wait. was a brainchild. Right, look, five second Googling is, you know, all that gets you. Sure. Um, 
The original puppet was constructed by Stuart Freeborn for Lucasfilm. Oh. And Jim Henson was simply a consultant. Oh. However, Frank Oz often performed Yoda. Okay. Um, which is Henson why. had no involvement. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was just a consultant. He didn't create it. So I think. So Muppet is a. Um, uh, what is the word for two words stuck together? It's marionette and marionette puppet. Marionette and puppet. Yeah, so but, it's a hand puppet and a stick puppet. However, I think it is like a brand name. Like it's, it's things yeah. created by Jim Henson and or and Frank Oz. This and or is his Jim Henson's name. last film. So, yes. Oh. So these oh, are yeah. Muppets. These are firmly Muppets. Cool. Um, speaking and, of... Muppets do not have to be marionettes slash hand puppets because, like, Big Bird is a Muppet. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, so here are some actual facts about the movie. Uh, the movie was first discussed between uh, the film's conceptual desire, designer, Brian Frude, um, and Jim Henson. Frude initially pictured a baby surrounded by goblins. Along with Frude's uh, knowledge of traditional lore that goblins often steal babies. So that's how they decided on the plot for this movie. Um, however, they wanted to do a lighter weight movie about stolen children uh, with more of a sense of comedy since Henson admitted that Dark Crystal got kind of heavy. So they went and uh, this is a comedy movie, mm-hmm. if, if you couldn't tell. But. The goblins yeah. do capture a baby. That's what happens. Yeah, but like, but like funny, <laughs> like funny kidnapping. But they wink at the camera when they do it. Right, exactly. Um, Terry Jones of My Th- Monty Python fame is credited with writing the script. A bunch of other comedy writers helped um, with the script as well. And George Lucas contributed to both the script and some of the editing. Hmm. So that's fun. Is this a funny uh, movie? I guess we can talk about that later. Jim Henson thought it was funny. That's that was that was their intention. There are moments in the movie where still today I laughed. I so I don't know. If I, I just have bad memory. Fair. I just saw a while ago. <laughs> um, Maurice Sendak, the kids author who wrote Where the Wild Things Are and a personal friend of Jim Henson, almost sued Henson over this movie. Um Maurice noted that the plot was similar to his book Outside Over There, in which a nine-year-old girl's baby sister is stolen by goblins. Also, the fireys were sometimes referred to as wild things in an earlier version. So uh, Maurice's lawyers gave Henson a cease and desist, which is why there's an end credit at the end of the movie, that states Jim Henson acknowledges his debt to the works of Maurice Sendak. Um, I think that's a stretch, but well, I mean, Maurice that... Sendak was a little salty about it, and the internet claims that, that he continued to complain about it for years later. Sounds like pretty similar. Big blockbuster labyrinth film. He's like, yeah, because <laughs> it must come up in conversation all the time, so that he uh, could then say, you know, yeah. fucking Jim Henson stole that from me. Right. <laughs> When clearly it's just one of those simultaneous thoughts you have about baby snatching. He films. wears a labyrinth t-shirt so that people bring it up. He's like, I didn't want to talk about this. <laughs> he goes to labyrinth like Comic Con, <laughs> labyrinth conventions just to just to bring it up. Mm-hmm. To stop by, um, ask maybe, for directions. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there were a lot of choices about who to play Sarah. They looked for long and hard uh, to find an actress who could play Sarah. Um, a bunch of big name uh, actors auditioned. Jane Kra Krakowski, uh, Yasmin Bleeth, Sarah Jessica Parker, Mary Stuart Mas Masterson, Laura Dern, Marissa Tomei, and Helena Bonham Carter. All, all auditioned. Um, and apparently Jennifer Conley won it from the second she walked in the room. She just hence it said like, yep, that's it. Hmm. That's Audition's cool. over. Yeah. Um, in the very early stages of this movie, the Goblin King was supposed to be a Muppet. However, Henson decided it should be a musician so that um, there's like more singing and it's less serious. And so that the musician could uh, contribute to the soundtrack of the film. I kind of like how it's set up like Christmas Carol and Treasure Island, where it's like the leads are humans and Muppets just kind of swarm in. Yeah, and apparently Henson liked that as well because it felt more like absurdist and surreal where there's a couple humans like surrounded by all these weird characters. Sure. Yeah. Um, we could have had a Jareth Sting or Michael Jackson or Jaeger or Prince. I think Prince would have done a good job. Um, They're all equally but, like out there as David Bowie, I think. I think Jaeger would have been a little pedestrian if I'm honest with you. Oh. Like That's... 80s sting was, was weird, but like Jaeger, I don't know. Who is Jaeger? Mick Jaeger? Mick Jaeger. Jaeger. This is one of those words that I only ever see written down. You know what? This is why we have Sam and not Michelle. I feel this like is the generic version of facts. I feel like you have like uncomfortable, slightly predatory sexual ambiguity of Mick Jagger combined right. with the weirdness of Prince in David Bowie. Yeah. So I think that was well cast if that's what they were going for. Uh, it was actually Henson's kids that said, you need to have David Bowie in here hmm. um, only because they liked him. All right. Hollywood yep. must be so weird. Like, you know who I think would do this dark Muppet film? <laughs> David Bowie. David Bowie. That, that's uh, not even that weird. Yeah. Like David Bowie's an out there guy. But in the eighties, like he was a big deal and they needed like a big deal guy for this, you know, supposedly like big deal movie. Sure. Um, also the creative director said that Jareth needed to be a mercurial figure who would continually throw Sarah off balance emotionally. So, I mean, David Bowie's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. Um, um, just for people at home. I mean, I know what mercurial means, but if you yeah, me don't too. know. Me <laughs> too. It's having the qualities of eloquence, ingenuity, yeah, or thievishness. It's like, it's like, yeah. yeah. It comes from the god Mercury. It's We're a, both like, saying a thing. the and definition. I, Michael and I know, but if you don't know, that's yeah. what it means. Yeah, I just knew that. Thank you. <laughs> or characterized by rapid and unpredictable change. Oh, it's quite mercurial outside today. <laughs> Just <laughs> the example. The weather in Wisconsin can be mercurial. It was 70 on Wednesday. Yeah. And now it is not. <laughs> yeah. We all took the SATs. It's fine. Um, baby Toby uh, and um, David Bowie got along pretty well. However, uh, David Bowie was really disappointed by the gurgle sound that the baby could do. 
So David Bowie insisted that Bowie himself re-record all of the gurgling. So all of the like baby gurgles you hear during magic. Or, yeah. Magic. This dance sounds like a guy who did not just say actually David Bowie. This David Bowie's not a guy who said, I guess I'll play this role. He was really no, dope no. in. No, it actually took David Bowie like two to three years to agree to do this film. Wow. So, yeah. I yeah. I mean, once you get David Bowie, David Bowie is all in cod piece and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, while David Bowie is really good at gurgling, he is not so great at juggling. All of the juggling tricks in the movie are real. However, it's the choreographer. Um, what's his name? Michael Moshin, who stood behind Bowie with like his arms around Bowie's torso and, um, and juggled. So this means that the choreographer like did all of the juggling completely blind. He couldn't see that, what was going on. Wow. I, first mm. of all, that looked great. Second of all, that's Swedish chef technology right there, which is great. It, yeah. Well, when you is. have Jim Henson, they can just pull that out. <laughs> yeah, they know. Yeah. It's in their tool belt. Henson is actually quoted as calling the choreographer's performance the closest thing to real magic that Henson had ever seen. Wow. So, yeah. Watch it again. You'll be amazed. Um, baby Toby was played by a baby who was actually named Toby, which is All cute. Right. Did the baby uh, come first or the script name? Probably the baby. Wait, no. I'd find the script name considering how long the script was in production because the baby is actually Brian Frude's son, nepotism. the conceptual designer. Yes, nepotism. Baby Toby got his start. They could have got a baby that was actually good at acting and gurgling. And gurgling. <laughs> they could have got a gurgler. Yeah. <laughs> Toby is now a puppeteer himself and a creative Aww. director. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you get More that job? Yeah, wonder. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> like you can phone in puppeteering to be fair like i'm sure he has more ins than your normal off the street guy but sure. i'm sure he's like a very adequate puppeteer i mean this is like a bella hadid situation right Just saying, like bella he doesn't hadid have to is, be is still a good model but you know not every like cute teenager walks in off the streets and does well did you hear that anyway. like ben stiller replied to someone on twitter who was complaining about nepotism in hollywood and he said i don't think it is there is any nepotism it is largely a meritocracy and it's like fucking ben stiller what are you doing <laughs> are you kidding you're the you're the dude who puts his wife in all of his movies all of them and his parents are very famous <laughs> it was yeah. just that we got it like i don't know it was just like sure man maybe are you the person to do this <laughs> think to yourself oh ben stiller <laughs> at least uh, you're cute anyway. or were um Anyways, uh, speaking of Michelle, the did you watch? Movie, did you watch Zoolander and think it wasn't a parody? Is that? No, I just thought that was Ben Stiller. Okay, you just thought like, oh, this is just male modeling because clearly he is a male model. Yeah, well, whether it's a parody I or not, it's read about male modeling is that like all parodies come from truth. There, and there what? is a there is a kernel of truth in there. Also, you cannot tell me that that was not like just Owen Wilson. Owen Wilsoning all over their screen. Fair enough. Go on, Michelle. I interrupted you. Okay. Um, 
the production of this movie was predictably insane. Um, this scene where Sarah is grabbed by the helping hands, not so helping, uh, required Jennifer Connelly to be in a harness 40 feet in the air with nothing to hang on to, while over 100 performers were up in a rig, like, reaching for her. And if she tried to touch the back of the shaft, her fingers would be snapped off by all the hinges. Wow. Oh and God. she was 14. She was 14. Jesus. I really wish I didn't know that fact about her being 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, the pit that Sarah's dropped into is based off of a uh, real life thing. It was a medieval holding cell called an oubliette. For all of our French fans out there, oubliette means to forget. Ooh. Yep. And this was supposed to be a kid's movie. Anyway. Um, so, uh, predictably, this movie cost a lot to film, but by the end of its run in U.S. cinemas, the film had only grossed $12.7 million, which was just over half of its $25 million budget. Damn, that's too bad. As we said before, Labyrinth was the last feature film that Henson directed before his death, um... Per Henson's son, he took the box office failure as a personal rejection of his art and Aww. fell into a deep depression, uh, which was only lifted once he he was able to live to see his movie, movie develop a cult following once it was released on VHS and Betamax. Nice. That's fun. Yes. Yeah. Thus ends my facts of the labyrinth. That was so great. That was what the hell. Time for Michelle. That was great. But let's see what the critics had to say about this film. Apparently not great things. Not great things, yeah. But then, so okay things. Uh, I'll start with Tasha Robinson of the AV Club. While the off-kilter rock songs Bowie wrote and performed for the film are far from his best work, (laughs) his character performance is gloriously iconic, a perfect blend of predatory, leering rock star, and hurt, rejected emo lover. Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with all that. Um, yeah. so here's by this review is by DF and they write for Amazon reviews. They just left an Amazon review. Here we go. Unwatchable drivel. Number one, didn't know this was a children's movie. Number two, would never show this to my kids. Three, the songs were horrific and borderline creepy. Four, why is the Goblin King not a goblin? That's actually a pretty good question. What was he trying to achieve exactly? None of it made sense. And the pace was so slow, I wanted to throw my whole TV out. Why Why is this movie canon? Why does anyone make references to it ever? I don't understand any of it. Not at all. I feel like DF needs to not pull at those threads. What does that like, mean? It's not canon. Like, it's just culturally popular? I think he means, like, nerd canon. Like, people reference it of, of like, pop culture that people of the time love i guess people do yeah i guess he's right on that yeah unfortunately this contemporary at least for the era fairy tale directed and co-written by muppets creator jim henson never sets a timely tone beyond the 1980s it remains disappointingly tethered to yesteryear says Desson thompson of the washington we're not gonna get any peter bradshaw reviews that's too bad um this uh next review is an amazon review and this is by bubba ziti you know, the classic. Here we go. 
The movie should be renamed The Spectacle of Bowie's Crotch. <laughs> because, my God, does it take up the focus when it's prancing around on screen. If you enjoy crotches, and more specifically, Bowie's Crotch, then this movie will have you begging for more. If, however, you're only lukewarm on crotches, or think Bowie's Crotch, because you use a bit more work on this acting, then this is one crotch you probably want to avoid. That's fun. That's a fun review. I like that. Yeah. Um, I will say, Peter Bradshaw, it, it, we've talked about this before, that he did not become a Guardian reviewer till like 2000. Oh, and he okay. has not done a nostalgic review on this. Um, it's too bad. He did not like Pan's Labyrinth uh, in my Googling. Also, going to say this. I'm shocked at how many times I've typed the word labyrinth and it suck at spelling it. <laughs> <laughs> I spell it wrong like every time. You just have to think labyrinth. That's what I do. Yeah, there's a Y and an I. I don't like it. Anyway, um, this is from Leona Laurie of Geek Girl Authority. If there was a quote unquote neutral option besides fresh rotten, that's what I'd give this weird, weird movie. Okay. So not great. Okay. Uh, this one's uh, this last review is by Mike K. Creepy movie about a cod piece. A lot of people are really, fixated. Really onto that. <laughs> fixated on this cod piece. Uh, creepy movie about a cod piece stuffing pedophile peeping Tom who has a stolen girl's brother in order to impress. He is the villain. Can we just say? Well, yeah. A lot of people yeah. are down on him, but he's the bad guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Stolen girl's brother in order to impress her while the girl spends her time meandering aimlessly. She's in a labyrinth. I mean, can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's not a fault of the movie. I mean, that's okay. She's in a maze. While the girl spends her time meandering, aimlessly, it's not that's getting help from a gang of crudely rendered, <laughs> crudely rendered. They're puppets. Crudely rendered, weak-willed. What does rendered even mean? <laughs> weak-willed, mostly selfish puppets. The rocks rolling along are the most developed and heroic players in the slapdash fantasy world. Well, it was actually oh. one of the Muppets summoning those rocks. I don't know if he made the connection. Oh. I don't think he did. What was that guy's name? Mike Lu- K? No, sorry. Ludo was the puppet whose yeah. son runs. Oh, yeah. The big giant puppet. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Let me tell you what the film is about. It's actually pretty easy to sum up, so I'm happy to do so. Yeah. Uh, so the film opens. We meet, like, kind of weird fantasy girl, Jennifer Connelly. Her name is Sarah. And she like she's the kind of girl who likes to wear, like... Victorian dresses in the park and recites stuff from her fantasy fucking novels. Dork. I, yeah. Fucking dork. Yeah. Fucking loser. Get some friends. Go to a party. Get drunk. That's kind of what her stepmom was saying to her, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be nice if you had some plans sometime, but please babysit. Um, so anyway, she feels oppressed and put upon by her parents because she has to babysit all the time because, you know, she doesn't have any friends. Right. Um, so at one point she's the baby's crying. He has to put her down. She's like, Ugh, I hate everything. I wish the goblins would take you away. The normal the thing goblins, that you say when you don't like the baby. This is just no- well, if you like read a lot of goblin-based literature, I guess. Right. Um. So she. W- so he actually do- said, "Goblin King takes the baby away." Uh, Goblin King is weird, androgynous, sexy David Bowie. By the way, who's is he is sexy? Jared. Let's get into that. I mean, he's old. He's, he's, he's craggly. craggly. He's, also, he's also scrawny. So he's like a skeleton. Well, I'm into scrawny. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not not a sexy thing. <laughs> Go on. I don't know how to put words to this. It's Try. just like. You're a writer. <laughs> not that kind of writer. 
Um, hey, Michelle, why do you think David Bowie is sexy in this film? Can you help? Can you help save me? There we go. Um, it's it is nothing about his looks, really, because he's very 80s hot, which is mm-hmm. not. Um, it's also beautiful, though. It's got like piercing eyes. <laughs> he's got like so that energy. Energy. It's all about the energy. What kind of like, energy? The is energy it? is very like. How do I say this without being weird? Well, just be weird, man. <laughs> sexual predator, and I'm into it. I don't <laughs> right, know. Right, like a cool sexual predator. Nice. I mean, but yeah. like not <laughs> super threatening because it's a kid kids movie, but like <laughs> the funny kind. It's like danger. <laughs> it's a funny kidnapping movie. It's it's the kind of thing you're into when you're a weird 13 year old and you don't really have a sense of danger. You it's like it's an Edward Cullen situation. Like he's going to kill you. But you like that. Maybe. Maybe. Ooh, it's hot. Honestly, that's that's not a it's not a bad comparison. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Goblin King, sparkly vampire. It's all there. It's all there. Also, I, I really like the the magic tricks, the juggling. I think that's pretty cool. That's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's what it is. I don't give a shit. Juggling's hot. Oh, he's dangerous. Yes. And he juggles. <laughs> That's a thing women say all the time. Ooh. Thank God you were not kidnapped as a child. <laughs> it would have been easy. It was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Michelle, for helping me with that. Um, so. Her brother has been kidnapped by the sexy Goblin King. Maybe sexy Goblin King. In order to get her brother back, she has to go through an elaborate labyrinth, which is a maze. That's all it is. And it's full of rit- is what? it a metaphor, though? Yes, Michael. It's a very obvious metaphor. For what? It's a hero's what is, journey. What is the metaphor for? That's not, <laughs> well, let me it's not a metaphor for a journey. Isn't it? No. Like, That's like saying life- the labyrinth is a metaphor for a maze. Like, no, it just is a maze. A labyrinth is a letter more metaphor for life in that, like, you know, not everything is fair and everything is unexpected and you have to be resourceful and you have to rely on friends. Oh. Isn't it a metaphor for growing up? Yeah, isn't it a like, metaphor? That, that's better. Yeah. No, I, 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 when I watched it, it looked like a metaphor for, like, growing up and emotional maturity. Yeah. Mm. But, like, also non-threatening because it's Muppets. But, like, a funny growing up. Yeah. It's a comedy. Uh, so, and speaking of the friends, she meets Hoggle, who's like kind of sketchy and selfish, but, you know, he comes around. Uh, Ludo, who's like the friendly giant who can also summon rocks. And Sir Didymus, who's so cute. Mm-hmm. And he rides this dog as like a horse. But I feel like it's weird they never acknowledge that that dog is her dog from the beginning. But it's whatever. Um so basically the movie is just like silly and occasionally creepy vignettes of Sarah going through the labyrinth and like solving riddles or going over obstacles and stuff. Um, and then the Goblin King kind of just comes in and kind of fucks shit up occasionally to make it harder. Um, but in the end, she gets her brother back and she has all these new friends. And that's the movie. You know what I didn't like about the movie? Tell me. It's too weird. You know, like there's like, I like it in theory because it's like Muppets and it's all good and even the songs, I like them in theory, you know, and they're like singing dance, magic, dance. I'm like, oh, this is fun. But it's just like, remember that that, that song starts and he's like, I don't really remember the exact power of the babe. I- Who do you do? It's like the lyrics are all fun. But you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, do you, 
Yeah. It's so bizarre. Like, I, I'm just totally lost. And I don't get why they're singing. I, I feel like maybe you don't know much about David Bowie. Like, that's as normal as he can get. Well, well that doesn't matter. It's whether it's whether relative for him, it's weird or normal. Sure. Whatever, you know, regardless. It, I, I just was, like, confused a lot of the time. I guess to me that was a feature, not a bug, but uh, I guess maybe if I, I go into prepared for weirdness. All right, well let's get into it because like so first of all I think what I said at the beginning was like I don't know if I'd watch this cold as an adult what I would have felt because like as a kid you definitely give stuff a lot more grace in films. Um, it might have also just been the era of not constant film criticism of picking stuff apart, where you, you kind of just don't you don't pick apart all the little things about a movie like it's you're like all right she's in a labyrinth she's going on a journey whatever weird shit happens can I say, just let it happen dude. can i say this yeah this movie is more like an experience than like a story because like i feel like the value of it for me is just like there's just so much imagination in the world you know and it, it's like if you were a kid i could easily see watching this and be like oh let's go play and kind of imagine that we're in the labyrinth or like That's I want, I, felt like. I want all the toys of this movie because there's just so much stuff going on, uh, which is cool, and it's cool because I feel like there's not. That's not that doesn't describe a lot of movies. Um, I oh, just as a aside because I don't want to forget, I thought the practical effects in this movie were pretty good. I really thought it they're, looked great. I mean, it's like the point of the movie. I felt like was to do practical effects. Yeah, I thought I just thought it was really great. Um, I heard this about Dark Crystal, which was like a really famously big flop that they like pioneered a lot of great practical effects that they still use in movies today. And I bet that was that was incorporating the labyrinth as well. So I can't uh, I can't tell if we're agreeing or disagreeing. But my ultimate point is like, it's cool because all the effects are cool and the experience is cool. But it was hard to care about things that were happening sometimes because I wasn't too invested in the story. Sure. I guess. So you've never been a weird teenage girl. I was a weird Is teenage that boy. That's true. I guess to me, so experiencing that film at that age, and again, maybe like a 13-year-old girl today would not like this movie. Like maybe what that reviewer said, that it's really for a sp particular point in time where it was just like... Um, First of all, Jennifer Connelly is a very good Bella Swan, right? Like a very mm -hmm. good nobody that yeah. I also like that she's kind of an idiot in the way a teenage girl realistically would be like, she's not very good at riddles. She's kind of fails Tess a lot and she really needs a lot of help. Like that's how I would be in a labyrinth. Well, that's how I'd be in a labyrinth now, but especially as a teenager. Right. Yeah. Do you know the riddle of the, the one person tells the truth once tells a lie? Do you yeah. I've heard that? that a million times before this movie, or maybe I heard it cause people heard it from this movie and they, then they told it to me. I think it's like a common thing in uh, like a fairy tale. So I'm sure they lifted it from somewhere. I don't think Labyrinth came up with it. But do you know how to solve it? <laughs> yes. Do you, want, do you want me to talk about... Okay, so the riddle is one person's telling... There's two guards guarding two doors. One person always lies. One person always tells the truth. Uh -huh. So when you have one question to ask one of them to figure out which door you want to go through. And the answer is you ask the... Uh, you ask one of the guards, uh, what would the other guard say is the correct door? Oh. Right. Okay. So you have the they're right? kind of dependent on each other. My John's laughing at us. And then whatever answer they say, long. it's the opposite. Okay. Okay. Good job. So you would be great at the labyrinth. No, because I didn't figure that out. I just knew that answer before. Oh, okay. Um anyway. 
So I, I yeah. So I think Jennifer Connelly, you know, just does a fine job being a nobody. And I think can you do you now, know any riddles now? I just wanted to see if I could solve it. Do you just have a riddle offhand? I only know really easy riddles that you've probably heard a million times. Give me one. Let's see if I know it. Oh, what gets wetter as it dries? Shit. <laughs> Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. If it's, if it, so what gets wetter as it, if it's drying, it's not getting wetter because wetter means getting wetter. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Shut, shut, shut up. Hold on. Shut, shut up. Uh, if wetter, so water, I hope you keep all this time in. Wetter. Wetter. So. What say the question again? What gets wetter? What gets wetter as it dries? Uh, paint gets so when it gets well, as it dries, that gets drier because that's most things. When they dry, it gets drier. So like it, like uh, so what gets wetter? So I take it back. You'd be shit at a lot. <laughs> Hold on, no, just how much more time do you need? <laughs> Nothing. That's the answer. I figured it out. A towel. <laughs> What's, what was the riddle again? What gets wetter as it dries? Yeah, a towel. As, it's, as it dries. As the towel is drying you, it gets wetter. I, I didn't like that one. I, I would get other ones, but I just didn't like that. You know, was, oh, yeah. It was a hard one, you know? I feel like I'd do good. Just that one was hard. You could be a riddle. Hago would do it. Uh, I don't know any riddles. Fair enough. Okay. What were we even talking about? Okay, so I just think this is like a really good kids movie. Like, I think that kids movies should be weird and dark, first of all, because that's fun and imaginative. (laughs) And it's like, that's what childhood is. It's creepy and weird and unpredictable. But again, I do think the Muppets thing, like it softens it enough that it doesn't give kids nightmares. Except for the headless thing. That really freaked me out. That scene. I didn't like that one. I just, I agree Um, with you. I just worry people get bored. Kids who get bored. Like, if I I was a kid... And I watched that scene with the red Muppets singing for a long time. I can't imagine being entertained. I don't know. This was a time before um, YouTube and Minecraft. Exactly. So maybe kids could play attention. Exactly. I, <laughs> well, that's why I, I don't know I, if kids today would Minecraft. enjoy this I would play, go play Minecraft. I wouldn't watch these four red Muppets sing a long time. <laughs> oh, it scene was too long. Um but yeah, I don't know. And uh, it is good. I, we were... I, I, I like a lot of things about it. But uh, so I, I actually think it's a pretty well paced film. I like that. It's just scene to scene to scene. It's a simple concept. It's a like good journey. And it's a really I think that some people like to criticize films for this. But I really like a film for kids where you have a protagonist that you can easily see yourself in that just kind of has a pretty slim personality that you can kind of just th- uh, be the audience um, surrogate. That's a lot of kids' movies, I thought. Yeah, and I like that. And I think some people criticize that, I'm saying. Like, I know a lot of people go after Twilight for that. And I think that's not the worst thing about Twilight by far. No. Um, Um, I just feel like I'm also... There are some movies, though, where I'm very, very, very impressed technically. But I also think... And the movies get compelling me constantly. Which I just feel like this film falls flat. To be honest... The one thing that really takes me out of this movie is like, I didn't know how I felt about it right after I saw it. So I Googled like, oh, this is good. And then I stumbled upon the first YouTube video. It was like, the labyrinth is actually a metaphor. So I just like, oh, fuck this. I feel uh. <laughs> like anything's a metaphor for anything. Like, oh, she did a hard thing. Like, oh, relate yeah. that to some other hard thing. Um, also, okay, I think... Uh, 
again, this is really hard to watch with adult eyes, but as a teenage girl watching it, I thought like kind of David Bowie's predatory thing that's actually quite compelling, like his like giving you a fantasy world, but then you ultimately have to reject it because it's like actually weird and creepy. Like, I think that's a pretty good message. I really wish Jennifer, they didn't like cast a 14 year old in that role. I don't know. But yeah, it's especially good. for now what we know about David Bowie and underage girls. But right. Right, 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 right. We didn't know all those things. It's a, it's kind know. of an abstract movie. You're not supposed to know exactly what's going on. And I really, really like that it never takes itself too seriously. No. I can I, I don't I know I've already said that in a bunch of different ways, but like even at the climax of the film where she <laughs> remembers you have no power over me. Like, how can you forget that line? It's a simple line, Jennifer. Um, and then she gets the baby back and then she's transported and it's like, it, it goes quickly. And then she just hangs out with all the Muppets in a room and they have a little dance party. And it's yeah, cute. Good. It's just a lovely. Can I say one thing though? Yes. I just may. wish I liked the songs a little better. I feel like they're really good in theory, but something about David Bowie's voice really drives me crazy. Cause it's like dance, magic dance. It's like a cool melody. But like the way he sings it, I wish they invented autotune just a little sooner because he's just like, dance magic. Da-. Like, I can't tell what key he's in. Yeah, that's the <laughs> point. I feel like the, what you just did, by the way, was perfect. Yeah, it was like a perfect Bowie impression. But I feel like I feel like he's doing a thing. Whatever. What if it was intentional or not? That's not my issue is how intentional it was. I just didn't like it because I just like couldn't, I, I couldn't get a hold of what the song even Besides the fact that the lyrics are very strange and I like so what slapping babies is weird to you. <laughs> yeah. I just, at no point, I just felt like I was shoved away from the movie. The movie was like, can you just go over there? Cause we got to do our own thing for a second. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Jim Henson does love jarring musical numbers. It's kind of his thing, but some are but, good. Rainbow connection. Yeah. is good. Right, None of these songs are as good as rainbow connection. Yeah. I, have a controversial opinion that I don't love Bowie that much. So I'm kind of with you. I like changes. Uh, sure. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just like, I feel like people who like Bowie, like really like Bowie. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. he's fine. But I also, also think of that Flight of the Concord song all the time when I think of Bowie. It's a good parody. What are you doing in space, Bowie? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Very <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I... Oh, and I thought all the friends were just so cute. They're and cute. And they were, like, different enough that it was, like, kind of intriguing. They're and it was like, what friends. a fun, what a fun, scampy bunch. The friendships were good. They're so... I mean, that little fox, Sir Didymus, so cute. <laughs> good. Um, And again, I think some of the jokes were genuinely funny. I did actually Let's laugh. recap. Let's tell me a good joke. I hate it when you do that. I hate it when you're like, tell me a funny joke because I'm just going to retell it poorly. No, and people are like, that's I don't, not a funny movie. I'm not trying to gotcha you. I really want to know because no, because I really don't remember because I really am dumb. Um, well, we talked about uh, the little worm who comes up and she's like, did you just say hello? I said hello, but it's close enough. And, it, you know, he does that whole little bit. It's like. You know, you criticized this bit earlier saying, oh, this is just accent humor. It's like, where do you, where uh, are you leaving me? Because then at the end, she's like, where do you think I should go? He's like, oh, yeah, don't go that way. Go there. And then she I goes, took goes oh. to the castle. I remember it's that. It's so cute. Yeah, it's cute. That's good. <laughs> and they, they have a little, like a lot of little joke where they'll, it'll be kind of like a serious scene or an th- adventure thing. And then just someone will say like, well, this is dumb. Like, you know, or this is like a little, like they go through the, 
the halls where everyone's like, turn back now, go away. And he's like, oh yeah, they're just misleading you. That's the point of this. And he's like, shut up. And he's like, but I haven't been able to do it for so long. Well, okay. That's pretty Thank good. You. I like that. Turn back now. No, oh, it was all right. See, aren't you glad we went through these? Yes, these are good I'm memories. Sorry. Oh yeah. I was being defensive. Yeah. I was that was a little unnecessary. It was unnecessary. And how dare you? <laughs> Two, uh, okay. Um, but that's it. Yeah, that's actually all my thoughts about Labyrinth. It's nice. cute. It's funny. It's very kid friendly, but in a way that I don't know if it would translate today, and I don't know if adults would actually like it with without any nostalgic goggles. And I think it could have been all those things, but less boring. It had, okay. You can do that. You can engage me more. You cannot have four Red Muppets sing forever and bore me. I, I honestly think most of the Muppet movies have at least one song that kind of stops dead the movie or like goes on too long. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and even, this movie. Even the perfect you know, masterpiece that is Muppet Treasure Island has that even stupid that, love song. Even that. But right. I, yeah, I'm saying, okay, wrap up the song because I want to get back because I care about But I didn't really, I was not invested in the story. Fair. You know what I mean? Well, I wonder if we could get a third opinion on this. <gighs> Let's call our brother John for a segment we call Bro Call. Bring, bring. Hey, how you doing? Hey, John. Have you seen a movie called The Labyrinth? It stars David Bowie and a bunch of Muppets and Jennifer Connelly, who was 14, apparently, in the mid-80s and still looks, like, fucking amazing. She's in her 50s. Just, like, Google her audience. You're going to be mad about how good Jennifer Connelly looks right now. Yeah, I don't think I can make any comments about that because, again, she was, like, 14 in the movie, so... I'm not saying she was a hot 14-year-old, John. I'm just saying she's aged but really well. Say now she's a hot 50-year-old. I see the bait you're laying, and I refuse to take it. So, We're not a criminal over here. <laughs> you caught me, John. I was baiting you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I watched Labyrinth a few months ago. Um, I didn't like it. It was really weird. Uh, but I appreciated it. its commitment uh, because that movie is committed to what it is. I, in particular, appreciated the set design. And you notice, like, the, uh, the complexity and the, uh, not quality, but, like, the... Uh, the depth of the sets really ramp up as you get through the movie, as she gets further through the labyrinth. Like you start outside, then you start in the, the, like the passageways and then she's in the terraces, then it's the swamp, then the city. And it just keeps ramping up. That's nice. And it's it, it shockingly aged well, considering it's like a 40 year old movie, except for like that one scene, uh, like, like where they're passing around the heads. We were, yeah, that's, that's the worst scene for sure. Yeah. That was really bad really jarring to watch i think that was the only time they used green screen and it was very obvious yeah it was very obvious and was not not good and the fact that it was in the middle of the movie was even worse i will say what that movie very well demonstrates what i was saying that you never really feel like scared or in danger because like the point of these they're like trying to we're going to take off jennifer connelly's head but you're not like scared or threatened it, <laughs> like yeah, it was always silly it's just goofy and weird. And yeah. yeah, the green screen did. I think that scene was supposed to be the scary one, but the it was so jarring technically that like, ugh. I also want to give props for it actually did commit and cast a teenager in a teenager's role, which feels like it wouldn't happen today. Yes, I realize uh, I was annoyed through 
with her throughout the whole movie, but apparently Michelle kept telling me that's just how a teenage girl would act. That's what I, th- I remember watching the movie the first time when I was a kid and thinking like, well, she's kind of annoying. But then I, now that I'm this age, I'm like, but I was also that annoying. Like, it's weird that I'm mad about it. I didn't <laughs> like, say anything. Like, she's just so oppressed of everything in her life. It's like, yeah, that's how they are. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just, just right. She's just doing uh, the thing. One thing, so I heard a little bit about Mickey talking about how this movie is a metaphor. And at the end where all the, like, creatures and her friends all party in a room right before that she was looking around her room at like things and it looked like they were vaguely reminiscent of the labyrinth is was the whole thing supposed to be her dream who knows i don't know (laughs) oh because i i thought like like the fox or like the that she was seeing things and then imagining that yeah i think the intro of the movie also has all those same things yeah, and like the dog that Sir Denimus rides is her dog. Yeah. Yeah, like okay, so it really was just all in her imagination. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. Uh, except for, of course, David Bowie. What was he doing in this movie? Being hot. Being predatory, but like in a cool way. Yeah, uh, yeah he just was really out of place for everything else that was going on, particularly his oh. song was just oh, really see, weird. See, that's I thought it was really necessary to have something that out of place. Like I thought the jarring differences was really important, but What do you mean? Oh, just this like Michael what you said about how the best Muppet movies, all the main characters, protagonist and antagonist are humans. So you kind of have something a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. Um and the stakes seem a little more real than if it was a silly puppet. Yeah, I agree with that. It is true. The stakes being real, they only felt real when David Bowie was on screen. Like he was the only one that actually was menacing or possibly scary, even though he, what was he doing? I was doing it. Uh, Sure. Just steal a baby to turn into a goblin. Were you, did you even watch the movie? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, Yeah. He was really off putting and I didn't, didn't care for it, but he's kind of off putting just in general. So maybe that's the point. Yeah. It was intentional. Yeah, so I either way, I, I can get why people would like this movie. And I, it was not in any respect for me. Um, so I think I'll give it a C. Nice. Thanks, John, for being with us. All right. That was Bro Call. It was. Um, Michael, do you want to give this film a grade? Yeah, I don't know what I would grade it. It has aged well because... Like, since this movie, we've never gotten a movie like this. And I th- we'll probably never get a movie like this where everything's real and practical besides all the bad green screen stuff. Um, so that's pretty cool. So this film was like a really cool relic of all this kind of uh, technology and all these effects. And I do like, you know, a part of me thinks that we should give more lenience for movies to be something that we don't expect or be kind of... Like, this movie is kind of very much like a dream-like experience and that a movie can be something else is very, very, very cool. Uh, So I'm open to the idea that maybe I'm just being closed-minded. But ultimately, I I didn't care too much about what happened, uh, which which made the movie feel a little long, unfortunately. But I can respect a lot of things about it. So I'm going to give it... I'll give it a B. I'll get a B, okay. B. I'm going to give it an A minus because all those things, but I did enjoy it. That's good. And I do find it like very 
emblematic of childhood in a lot of ways. Uh, maybe like older childhood, but just childhood is weird and confusing. And and uh, you can kind of get wrapped up in escapism fantasy in a way that just seems very relatable to me. But I, I'm giving it a high grade with the caveat that this movie is not for everybody. And it might not even be for kids today. And it might, you said it might not even be in for you and as adult. Well, if I didn't have any memories of this, maybe I wouldn't have liked it so much. Right. But, you know, the kids with the TikTok and the Minecraft and the, they got a lot going on. Minecraft is so fun. So they just came out with like a caves expansion, apparently. So you don't have to like, you don't have to like spend so long mining because you could just go in the caves and find diamonds. Wow. Cool. Are you, That's really do you cool. really think it's cool? Are we sponsored by Minecraft? We're sponsored by Minecraft because of the new caves expansion. And here's what's really cool. You don't have to like uh-huh. spend so much time mining because you could just go to these caves and you can just find them. What do you get in the caves? Them. Well, whatever you want to mine. So, you know, iron oh. or copper. But, you know, this is a, it's a lot more fun way to play the game. I have not played this, but I'd be interested in it because uh, it sounds fun. Apparently, the yeah. new formations are pretty interesting. So, Minecraft. Buy it. Buy it. Uh, what well. are we going to talk about next? The next movie on our list is Masters of the Universe, which is a movie starring Courtney Cox and Dolph Lundgren. And I Am cannot I going to be confused if I don't know anything about the He-Man universe? I've not seen it. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I was... I think you and I are a little young for that TV show. Like, it was kind of mostly in the 80s, early 90s. Maybe. Uh, Prince Adam, he's a prince and he turns into He-Man. It's kind of a Superman scenario. Uh, he's got a... He has a big tiger, right? Called Cringer. Yep. And he fights Skeletor. Oh, I do know what Skeletor is from mm-hmm. the memes on the internet. Exactly. And he goes, ah, He-Man. That's his voice. I expect you to do that several <laughs> times on our next episode. So Perfect. So that's Oh, but now I'm going to be disappointed. I am sure I'm going to be disappointed with whatever Skeletor they do in a live action film. Right. But the, he is in like, it. How- he is in it. So we can look forward to that. Courtney Cox. So we can talk about friends. It'll be great. All right. Join us next time. And cut. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and brought to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm going to need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No. Somebody help me! From a distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe. 
Live the adventure.